You are now listening to One Hour School Life, the official sports podcast of Pin Oak Middle School. All right, welcome in to another episode of One Hour School Wide. This is your host, Mr. Mertz. Have a, another special show with for you this week. We have a special guest. We have Miss Kaufman, uh, Miss Carrie Kaufman Fujiwara um, of the Pin Oak swim team. And uh, she is interviewed by our friends at Weekly Sports News. Um, but I think it's mostly the interview is mostly conducted by Palmer. The other guys at Weekly Sports News were having some um, internet technical issues on the day that we interviewed Miss Kaufman, which was um, looks like we interviewed her on the 10th of February. Um, swimming did just complete their season, and I want to give a congratulations to a successful year uh, season of swimming, even though it might have been a little bit um, a shorter season than than usual and faced a lot of challenges that um, because of COVID and other other issues associated with that, that um, all the sports at Pinoak are facing this year. So uh, to finish your season and uh, to finish it su- successfully like swimming did uh, garners um, um, a congratulation. So I give my congratulations to the coaches and the swimmers of uh, Pinoak Swimming. And as a cross-country coach whose uh, meet continues to be pushed further and further back in time because of uh, originally because of COVID and now because of the uh, ice apocalypse that we had a couple weeks ago. Um, kind of jealous that <laughs> swimming was able to get their season in and completed. Um, that's okay. Cross country runners say hey, running, running is a way of life, not just something you do for a couple weeks. So if you're one of the cross country runners out there, um, you know, we're going to keep running until whenever that meet happens. And, uh, I've heard it's going to happen in May. Ooh, it's a long ways away, but anyways, um, happy to be coaching cross country. Um, even though our season keeps getting delayed. Okay. Um, it's Friday afternoon. I just picked up some uh, iced coffee on my way home. Um, is there anything better than iced coffee on a Friday afternoon? I, I don't think there is. Um, something that's not good though, um, is my favorite college basketball team at the moment, which is the Oklahoma Sooners who have now lost, uh, four games in a row. And I think three of them have been by four points and I'm not, I think the other one might've been five. They've been all four close games, all similar kind of games in a way where in this, OU has had the lead in the second half at some point, kind of late in the last 10 to eight minutes, six minutes, five minutes in there somewhere. And last, you know, last two or three minute possessions that OU has had, they have been disasters. They've been um, turnovers and missed layups and um, company that with um, streaky shooting by the teams that they were playing against, um, especially the Kansas State game where one of the Kansas State players hits three threes in a row. OU's up, I think, six or seven, and then all of a sudden they're down by three. Um, same thing in the Oklahoma State game. Every time both the Oklahoma State games where the OU lost in the last uh, week, OU had the lead. Uh one player, whether it was Cade Cunningham or another player for Oklahoma State, 
gets kind of hot there, about seven or eight minutes left in the second half, and now Oklahoma's down. And then last night with the Texas game, a similar situation where um, OU was down 10 at halftime, fought back, got the lead. I think they were up maybe two. And then Texas hits a couple threes. They get the lead. They go up by about five and end up winning the game by four. Um, So OU's went from a team that people were talking about the announcers on the, and during the West Virginia game at the game at West Virginia that OU won. We're talking about OU being a possible final four team and made all the way up to the seventh uh, ranked number seventh in the country to now being ranked uh, 16th and just had another loss and lost four in a row. Probably going to be ranked maybe 24th, 25th. Um, still going to make the tournament, but instead of being a possible two seed, they're going to be more like a six or a seven seed, maybe, maybe a five at the highest. Um, Kind of typical, I guess, of uh, Juan Kruger teams over the past few years. Um, his teams seem to get really hot in January, and then usually in February, it becomes almost impossible to win a game for some reason. Now, part of that is pay- playing in the Big 12 and who you're playing. And the teams that OU have lost to this week have been good teams, except for the Kansas State game. But um, teams, I don't know, opposing teams seem to, seem to figure out uh, Juan Kruger's teams as the as the conference season draws to a close, and I, I don't know what that is. Um, I, I I I'm not trying to uh, bag on Juan Kruger. I think he's a great coach, and what he's done with this team this year, um, a team that was probably a fringe NCAA bubble team at the best, and he's taken them to a, a walk for the tournament, is um, a heck of a job of coaching this year and uh, assembling a group of players. So I don't want to bag on him too hard um but you know losing four in a row is is uh is very disappointing way to end the season and not how you want to be going into the conference uh tournament and into the ncaa tournament um switching subjects now we'll talk um we're gonna uh shift to soccer now for the rest of the segment and uh i just want to start with talking about um premier league um which has had my interest the last couple of weeks, especially um, my favorite Premier League team, uh, the Chelsea Blue Lions. And their last 10 games, I believe there's seven and three, or maybe it's eight and two or something like that. Um, haven't lost under their new head coach, uh, Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, T-U-C-H-E-L. Um, so they're playing much better than they were with uh, Frank Lampard, and have risen, risen all the way up back into fourth place after their 1-0 win over Liverpool yesterday at Liverpool. Um, still not scoring a lot of goals, but the defense has been uh, smothering. And um, I don't know how many goals they've given up since Tuchel has taken over, but it's not very many. And um, they seem to be playing pretty well right now. The players seem to be in a lot better spirits than they were under Lampard. Um, I'm still a big Lampard fan. I had a lot of fun last year watching that team, and I think he's I think he's a good coach. But I just you know, it just wasn't working out. And uh, Chelsea made a move. You know, they spent a lot of uh, English pounds on players and uh, that weren't producing, and um, they did what they had to do, and it seems to be working out. And uh, for me, as a Chelsea fan, uh, I think uh, Tuchel has won me over. Um, they also got a good win against uh, Atletico Madrid in um, 
Champions League last week. They won that game also 1-0. Um, so they'll be up 1-0 in aggregate when they play um, Atletico again at home. I think that game's in end of March or maybe even April. So it's a ways off. Um, but the current uh, table for Premier League is it uh, looks like Man City's going to run away with it. Um, Man U is 51 points. Uh, Leicester is 50. Chelsea's 47. Everton's 47. Or sorry, 46. West Ham is at 45 points. And Liverpool's at 43, followed by Tottenham, which is at 42 points. So. It's going to be a pretty good race to see, not necessarily see who's going to win the league. It looks like Man City's got that pretty much locked up, but um, how the top four, the top, you know, two, three, four for those uh, champion league spots. And then that fifth league's uh, fifth spot for Europa, how um, that's going to work out. Is it Europa? I think it's Europa. Um, how the top five is going to shake out here towards the end of the season. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what my Saturday and Sunday mornings, now that college football isn't going on, that's, uh, what my focus has been mostly on, um, is a uh, premier league. And, uh, if you haven't ever watched premier league before, um, you know, give it a try. It's, it's pretty interesting. It's good. It's a, it's a really good soccer league. It's physical. Um, it's a lot better when fans are in the stands, um, you know, just to see how many, you know, English football teams there are. And how each town has like this, you know, it's almost like a cult following of uh, fans that follow follow their team and, and you know, really passionate about it. It's, it's a pretty cool thing to, to, to be a part of. And, and I'm glad me and my buddy uh, decided to kind of get into watching it a couple of years ago. Um, all right. Last is uh, Houston Dynamo has and Houston Dash have finally, after much anticipation, uh, released their new primary kits for the upcoming season and um i have to say i am a fan in fact uh i'm already have budgeted time for my saturday to swing by uh the dynamo team store and pick up one of the kits uh tomorrow so um it's a predominantly orange kit with uh not any uh design basically on on the orange, like uh, the previous orange kit kind of had the tiger print looking stuff behind it. Uh, this is just basically an orange kit with some, uh, it's a V-neck with some, uh, the three Adidas black stripes on the shoulders and some uh, black trim around the neck and the end of the arms. And it's, uh, I think it looks pretty clean. It's pretty simple. Uh, I think it complements the secondary kit, which is uh, the kit, the same kit from last year with the updated crest, which is that black kit with, um, kind of the fading in and out orange zigzags on the front of it. So I think that's a cool compliment to have one that's kind of more simple and one that's maybe a little more busy. Um, the dash kit is a, it's a Nike kit. It's also pretty simple. Like the dynamos kit is um, uh, a little different shade of orange than the dynamo, but um, Trent it's a V neck also black around the edges of the, um, the sleeves. No, like a, um, imprinted design or anything on it either. It's pretty simple. And once again, I think it's pretty clean. And, uh, though there was, or there's still a lot of people on uh, social media that aren't really excited about the, uh, crest update. Uh, I, I think it's lurking out pretty good. I think it looks good. I think it's a good look. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is if the dynamo can come out and win some games and people are going to buy more jerseys and, and embrace the new logo. So, 
that's that's priority one for the Dynamo this season. Um, so it looks like that season, the season of the Dynamo, will get started for MLS um, middle of April, I think. Uh, preseason games are about to start, and I have to say, after being cooped up for a year, I'm not getting really to go anywhere because of coronavirus. I'm really, really excited to make it back out to a BBVA stadium and get to watch uh, my favorite MLS team, the Houston Dynamo FC, play. All right, that is going to do it for my segment. And uh, coming up is our featured uh, segment this week, which is, once again, um, the interview with Miss Carrie Kaufman Fujiwara of Pin Oak Swimming. All right. So, hello. How long have you been coaching swimming? Well, hello, Palmer. My name is Miss Kaufman. Um, Some people know that I'm Miss Kaufman Fujiwara. Um, I've uh, taught here at Pin Oak for about seven years. And of the seven years that I've been here, I've coached swimming six years. I took one year where I I said, well, I'm just going to take a little break. And then I got pulled back into it. But I taught here for exactly about one month, and then I got asked to, well, no, I volunteered um, to help with the swim team. And so um, for five out of the last seven years, I've coached both seventh and eighth grade girls. But this year, we're trying to help Miss Cheersky get ready to be the girls coach next year. So I'm doing eighth grade girls, and she's doing seventh grade girls. Okay. Um, did you play this sport as a student or even younger actually i know i did not play um i actually i took swim lessons and i um, had swim as a class when i was in high school but i i never swam competitively um it was strange that um like when i first got here i really i had never been exposed to playing uh, middle school or high school sports but um they had a huge team and only one coach And so um, I volunteered to help out because we had some students with special needs. And so it wasn't really fair to that one coach to try to um, have 35, 40 kids and some uh, students that needed some extra attention. So I said I would help. And I remember my dad going, "Um, what do you know about coaching swimming? And I said, well, I know how to swim and I've watched the Olympics before, so I know like what the strokes are, but that was about it. I had a huge learning curve, and I was very um, thankful that I was able to coach with um, Coach Johnson, who is still uh, one of our swim coaches, even though he doesn't teach her anymore. Um, He was a science teacher here, then he went to Energy, and now at Bel Air, but he taught me everything I needed to know about uh, coaching swimming. Ah, that was very generous of you to help out. Um, What's the best part of coaching your sport? Well, it definitely is rewarding to be able to see the growth. Um, We have a student who was on our seventh grade team last year, and she's on our team this year. And I actually had a conversation with her on Monday of this week. Like, you can see the transformation of her body and her skills over the course of this last year. Like when she first came into seventh grade, um, she still had a little bit of that baby fat. She was she's still carrying a little bit um, of fat as opposed to muscle. And as she swam last year, you can see the transformation of her body 
but most importantly, you can see the transformation of her confidence and her skills. And in the pool last night, we were doing one of these drills at practice and we had them doing the backstroke and we took an empty um, Coke Zero can and placed it on their head. And then they were to do the backstroke of all of our swimmers last night. Like she never let that, that can fall off in any of the laps that she was doing on her backstroke. Her backstroke was beautiful. And so uh, where last year she was a little timid and shy in the pool, it's really amazing to me. And like, that's the rewarding part is seeing people progress and gain confidence in their competition. And, and like swimming is all about your personal best. You're really not um, swimming necessarily against other people, even though there are races, but it's kind of like running where you're trying to increase your personal best each time. Uh, yes, as a um, competitive swimmer myself, I know how hard it is to do backstroke and also that it's not just all about the races, but whenever I first started, I did it just because mainly it was like for fun and a life-saving skill. It is a life-saving skill, absolutely. And I found out how much just to coach swimming like I had to do a 40 hour course um, online to be able to get my water, uh, water safety instructor. So I could be a lifeguard right now if I wanted to, but then I also had to do all of the in-pool training. So I could teach lessons, I could be a lifeguard and all just for, I really wanted to help out with the swim team. Oh my. So that... why on the swim team here, Palmer? Let me return, like reverse well, so... you. Are we, so wait, hold on. Was I allowed to do it as a sixth grader? No, sixth grade, because uh, that's okay. the thing with swimming. It's one of these UIL sports. And so we we have a requirements. We know sixth grade's a, a tough transition. And yes. so seventh graders and eighth graders are eligible to play sports. And so if you're not out on the team this year, we understand like our numbers are significantly down and I think that's going to lead into one of your questions about the challenges that we're having this year. Um, it, it, and it's every sport in the district. We are seeing significant declines in numbers at every school at every level because of the safety protocols. Um, a, a good thing about swimming, it seems like coronavirus is killed by all that chlorine. But uh, where we usually have a team of maybe 40 or 50 students, this year our team is less than 20. Oh, and yes, so uh, that, that's a, exactly why yeah. I and too. You know, um, as a competitive swimmer, like when you're in these meets, the way that you earn points is based off of how many competitors you can put in the water to, to try and, and place in these different meets. So I think it's gonna be an unusual year for us when it comes to districts that um, we, it won't truly be like a district championship because it's it's basically gonna be who has the biggest team this year. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so speaking of challenge is, wait, that's going to be the question after this. Uh, what's the best part of coaching your sport? 
Well, I have loved the last couple of days in my timeline, you know, like, well, you wouldn't know on Facebook for, for adults that are watching this on Facebook, we have our timeline, like favorite memories that pop up. And for the last three days, I keep seeing all of our district championships and like 14, 15 uh, young women from seventh or eighth grade on the podiums. It is a lot of fun to be able to see them compete and at a very high level and always my favorite part of it is to see the, pro the progression on people beating their personal bests in the pool. Uh, I can see I can see how you would like that. I mean, you can always just go back and feel like hypothetically if they ever became some big swimmer one day, you can be like, I, I helped create that. We do that all the time with Coach Fuji and his former football players and baseball players. We're like, ooh, maybe that was due to their middle school coach. And then we laugh. Um, okay, so what is the most challenging part of your sport? Uh, the fact that Pin Oak does swimming. not have a pool, like there's no bigger challenge in the world. Uh, we don't have a pool here at Pin Oak, and so uh, we have to try and compete for pool time over at Pershing or over at Bel Air or over at Lamar. So um, no pool is a big challenge. Looks like yeah. it's time to wrap up. What, what's the most important last question for me? Okay, um, let me see. Uh, I'll just do this one. What's your favorite memory of coaching your sport? Oh my goodness, like I said, on my timeline, and I, I, I look back at these pictures and I see us on the podium and I see all of our trophies, but it, it really is for me getting to see these young women go from seventh graders to eighth graders and then keeping up with them when they're in high school. Um, they're like there's something about swimmers they achieve in the pool but they achieve high academics and they're just really good people to be around and that, that that's my favorite part ah uh, yes i see um thank you so much for joining us today it's been a it's been an honor talking to you and i will see you next time nice job palmer i appreciate it Bye, thank you. Hey everyone, we're back with a new podcast for your weekly sports news. Today we are going to be covering NFL trades, drafts, and predictions. Let's hop into it. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is what we think of the J.J. Watt trade. He went to the Cardinals, contract with $31 million over two years, $23 million guaranteed. What are your thoughts on that, Palmer? Well, I mean... Uh... You know, I'm a little bit disappointed because, like, he, he was our last really kind of star star player. And um, now that he's now that he's going, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. If Deshaun Walton leaves, the Texans are going to be a bunch of no names. Exactly. Like, I, I don't know a name from... 
the Texans, they uh, <clears throat> all three of their best players went away. You know, you got Deshaun Watson, you got DeAndre Hopkins, and you got J.J. Watt. What do you think? People are saying he only went to the Cardinals, like, only because of the money. Do you think that's true? Do you think they have a chance to win? Um, I think both. I think that the money is pretty good and also that they would have a chance to win. Um, Charles is saying that J.J. Watt's dumb. Uh, he just wants money. Yeah. I don't think he's dumb. I think he realized he's probably not going to win a ring anyway. So he just said, I might as well go to the place where they're offering me money. As for the Cardinals, I don't think that was a good decision to spend so much money on an old, washed-up. Uh, That's true. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't think, really, yeah. that, it's, that that was all a great decision. Yeah, it was not great at all. So. Really? Um, okay. And then another one is so... What are some of our predictions for people that teams are going to draft and also for their scores next season? So let's say who we all think is going to be one of those guys who comes into the NFL and does great, like one player. For me, Uh, I don't watch college football, so just make a guess. I have no, uh, I don't know anybody. Okay, then I'll say mine. I Fine, think, I'll, I'll say a name. Uh, yeah. Jeff. Charles said Jamar Chase, and I agree with that. That's, that was my guess. I watched every LSU game, The not last year, the year before when Joe Burrow was there. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase mm-hmm. were very good. And obviously Justin Jefferson was amazing in the NFL. Jamar Chase was kind of the same player, so I think Jamar Chase. And then, as for the quarterback, who I think is going to do good, since there's so many, I think uh, I think that Mac Jones is going to be good. But then, another prediction I have is that I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be that good. I think he's a bit overrated. So, uh, did he already get picked into the NFL? No, but he is like locked in as the number one pick. Uh, Charles is saying I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be disappointing. I don't know who that is or where they're from or anything about them, but sure. Um, and then he thinks that Justin is going to be a bust. All right. Who's Justin? No clue. Which one? Oh, Justin Fields, yes. Me too. I don't think he can read the field at all. All right, so what about predictions for the teams that we think are going to do well and not well? I think... What do we think the Steelers are going to go? Who this year had started showing lots of promise until they lost to the Washington no-names. Well, obviously, they're a good team overall, but they're losing a lot of their linebackers. Their quarterback has a noodle on, can't throw the ball hard. 
and they they played so good at the beginning, but so bad in that stretch of games where they lost. So it's hard. But Charles says seven and nine. I think I'm gonna go nine and seven. Yeah, same. Uh, I think that I would flip that. I think that the Texans are gonna go two and fourteen because they this year. I think that they had Watson and Watt, and now they don't have either. Well, if they, I think if they keep Watson and they get him to play, I think it's going to... Wait, keep losing? Do you mean losing or... I said Watson. Oh, oh. No, Watson's going. Well, that's not... Not yet. No one knows. But if they keep Watson, I think they're going to win five games. If they don't, I think they're going to win maybe one game or two games. Yeah. They're just so much worse than all the other teams they play. It's true. It's quite says, I don't think that there's a good organization with an old quarterback and a not great coach for the Steelers. Yeah. Right. Okay, so what do we think about the Patriots who the the year before last were doing very well, but then Tom Brady went away. And yeah, also oh my gosh, um Okay, wait, who are the Pats again? Patriots. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he thinks, uh, Charles thinks the Texans are going 0-16. You know, I I wouldn't be sure about that, that whole much, that they're going to okay. lose all of that. But I would think around there. Okay, so for the Patriots, what do you, do you think they keep Cam Newton or do you think they get a new quarterback? I mean, I I would be rushing out to get a new one. I apparently this is the what people are saying is that Bill Belichick has been uh, hyping up Cam Newton a lot, but at the same time, they're also trying to maybe trade up and get a quarterback or something like that. And so no one really knows what they're actually doing. No one knows whether they're actually trying to keep Cam Newton or they're trying to get a new young quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else is there? What teams? What teams? Hmm. What about the Vikings? Um, the Vikings. So they showed some sort of promise this year. At the end, yeah. Good receivers, a decent quarterback, and a good running back. The defense is a little bit below average. They gave up six touchdowns to Alvin Kamara. So yeah, which that that's not good at all. But they have an explosive offense, which is important. And yeah, and one more team I want to talk about is the 49ers because they were. They had a bad year, but everyone on their team got hurt, like literally everyone. And they um, made it to the Super Charles, Bowl last year. Charles is saying that 
the Texans won only four games with Watson and JJ and that they stink and that they need to rebuild. I mean, I, I get that. Honestly. And so, yeah. I think that with that this concludes our weekly sports news. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Leon Twitter. And today I'm here with Christian and Kashiro, and today we have a lot to talk about with the arrest of uh, Bartomeu, the the head of uh, Bart, the president of Barcelona Football Club. He was arrested, I believe, yesterday, but he has just gotten released today. Uh, but the case on him is still open. I believe it's on not paying. I believe it's on the the tax issues with Barcelona and all of because they owe a lot of money. Um, Barcelona might have also bought Holland. Um, and Kylian Mbappe is planning to move to Liverpool. And Liverpool right now needs players because half their team has literally been injured. They had, I believe at the beginning of the year, they had probably the best results. They were playing amazing. And and now with all that's happened, they lost Van Dyke, then a few more players. And now they're down to 15 players that can only play every game now. So they need a new player, but PSG only might get them in the summer for next year. And that's when most of the players' recoveries will be good. But Killing the Body does not is not renewing his contract with PSG. He doesn't plan on it, anyways. But PSG has to let him go. PSG has to sell him, or in an, in in another year or so, he's gonna be a free. He'll he'll be able he'll, he'll be able to go to any club he wants. Uh, Ventus is also trying to get rid of him. It's there are rumors that Juventus trying to get rid of Ronaldo, but and David Beckham, one of the co, uh, the co-owner of Inter Miami in the MLS, he's saying if Ronaldo wants a try MLS. And he make his decision if he's going to transfer to any team yet until the elections. But it all depends on that. And he's keeping the fans waiting. This is a big decision. If he makes the decision to leave, it's going to be bad for Barcelona because they need a... Sorry about that. I just had connection problems. But anyways... What about 
Anyways, um, Man City has secured their win for the champion for the Premier League. PSG beat Barcelona in the Champions League, but Barcelona still has a chance to come back. But anyways, let's talk about that in a second. But let's go to Manchester City, who has just secured their win. The, the Manchester United, who is 15 points. No, not yet. All right, uh, Christopher, what do you have? To, what do you have uh, about this game? Or what do you have about the? Anyways, with the Manchester's. Teddy, they've secured that one for the Premier League. But with this lead, it's over. The Premier League is over, and now it's just a race for the top four. I think Man City is really deserves this win. They've been working really hard. They've last year the Houston didn't compete in the Champions League. They had so many players. I'm pretty sure they got all like the good rookies. And stuff, but Man City is like is is problem. They actually have good with the way that they're playing. If they could play like that in the Champions League, they may be they may be the winners of the Champions League and the Premier League. Huge. You guys want to talk about the big game? Michigan, Illinois. But that's what I want to see. Man City continuing with this with this continuous. Which is, um, I really want Manchester City to keep up this good lead against Man U and the second place team. They really, really deserve it. Uh, like, they've been working extremely hard. Like, they had a devastating loss to Ajax in the 2019 Champions League. They won that year. And Ajax just Hi, welcome back to Hoops and Hits, your college basketball and baseball podcast. So, guys, let's get into this. March Madness is coming up. The tournaments are coming. Big teams have to bring their win, have to win their games. What do you guys want to talk about? I mean, there was a ton of good games the past few weeks. We haven't talked to y'all because, like, the Texas winter storm and everything. So I thought we'd go over some some quick games and then we could go into what our predictions are. How's that sound? Okay. And I think I think we'll have to talk about March Madness, the seating. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Should we so, talk about the big game? Sunday, you guys want to talk about a couple the big games? So we'll, Michigan, Illinois. Sure. Illinois, Michigan. Let's talk about okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Illinois star player is out. Yeah. And they still beat Michigan. Third game. Uh, they he was out and. They still beat them by like twenty points. They whooped them. It wasn't even close. In Ann Harbor. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't at home. It was in our in Ann Arbor. They beat them by 23. I think this game can show how good Illinois can actually be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they're going to get the four seed. But Ohio, they got the four seed. I think that's a lock now for the four seed. I don't know. Like, Ohio State, they play Michigan. This game shows how good Illinois can actually be. Like, they can they can yeah. go really far in this bracket this year. But, like, you have, uh, what, um, Ohio State playing Michigan in, like, the Big 12 semifinal? I mean, if they beat Michigan there, and I think they play Illinois once more before the season ends, Ohio State might sneak in there. I think Illinois has the better wins than Ohio State does. Yeah. yeah. They shut down this Dickinson. He had six minutes. Yeah. I mean, another really big game was uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, where Oklahoma State. They played in back to back days or in a couple. Yeah. Now, Kate Cunningham, he's like super good for Oklahoma State. I think he can be the reason that they can make the Final Four or Elite Eight. He dropped 40 points in that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. Oklahoma State was unranked, beat him by four points in overtime. I mean, and Kate Cunningham is just proving how good he is and how he's going to be the number one NBA draft pick later this year. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I still Oklahoma State, I think they're, they're going to be probably a four seed along with like Texas and Kansas and I don't know, yep. maybe Arkansas. But as you see it, yeah, they're, he's carrying them basically. I think Arkansas can get a three seed. They're on like yeah. a seven game. Yeah, I think that. I do uh, think Arkansas is overrated though because their only good win is against Alabama. They lost to Missouri, they lost to Tennessee. Yeah. They're like they're only twenty-two and five. Yeah, I mean, I think some other really big games in the past few weeks. And uh, another big storyline: um, Baylor lost to Kansas. That 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 could be huge for the bracket. I mean, I think like they knew they were in, but I don't know, Kansas. Good for them. I'm 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 proud of them. It was a pretty big loss too. It was like a twenty-point loss or. 15 point now, loss. Let's not overreact. No, Baylor's still bad. Baylor's still a top four team in the nation. They're probably gonna be one seed. They can go really far. So let's not like They've overreact to them losing one game. Yeah. West Virginia's doing great. They beat uh number seven Texas Tech when they were number fourteen. And uh they beat so Texas also. Oh yeah. Oh sorry. Yeah. Now, one um, quick question: Iowa, they're they only they have Luca Garza, who's been in the uh, who's a senior right now. How good are they going to be in the tournament later this year? Because you never seed. know; they're an interesting team. I think they're a two seed. I think they have update it or uh, sorry, upset it, but I don't think they stand a chance. Like when they play Illinois, I think Illinois is going to win. I think Illinois, Illinois is built for this moment. Yeah, I, I think Illinois is a more complete team because, yeah, they have Luka Garza. And uh, Iowa looked good because they beat um, Ohio State. Like, they had previously lost to Ohio State in, like, you know, the last 20 seconds. But then they beat it by uh, 73 to 57. So that was pretty big. Iowa moved up. I think Ohio State is a weird team. Much needed win for them. Yeah. Ohio State's a weird team. They're definitely a good 
I think that Illinois, you want to get Illinois being Yeah. But then also Villanova got upset by Butler. Number eight Villanova lost to unranked Butler. Oh, yeah, those injuries. Yeah. That, that is horrible. But now let's just say I, I want everyone to give early predictions. Who's your champion, or like who's your NCAA tournament winner? I mean, I want to go conservative and say like, oh, it's going to be a top four. But I'm really hoping for an upset. I think that that would be pretty cool. I mean, um, like after watching Illinois beat destroy Michigan, I've got to go with Illinois. It's just hard to pick someone else. I'm like, I'm they're really, without their best player, and they still win by 23. I think that Iowa, I think Iowa just is going to have a chance to upset it. I don't, Iowa, I don't know. What my prediction of them was they were going to get upset, like, in the first couple rounds. Probably true. Yeah, but we have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You know, they played each other twice within, like, two or three days. And Oklahoma State won both of those. I mean... I think I think they're they're a dark horse candidate to win. Like I don't know oh, them yeah. and a team like the, a team like Houston who hasn't played that many teams. Yeah, a team like Houston, they haven't. They've only beat like they they only beat Texas Tech. They their conference isn't that good, but they're still a solid team. Like Mar, um, Marcus Sasser, that his name. Yeah, I think he's um he can help carry them. But also, it's like Oklahoma or not Oklahoma. Gonzaga, like they don't have the necessarily like the hardest conference, but they're just good. You're right. You're right. No, that was more Ah, well, yeah, but Baylor. So after coming out of their uh their little pause for COVID, and then they, everyone was like, "Well, is this going to affect how they play?" And they did. They. Yeah. they they beat West they Virginia. They lost to Kansas. Yeah, but they yeah, being West but Virginia, that's that a huge win a for them. Game. That was really close. It was like a four or five point game. But in the end, all that matters is that they got the win. Exactly. So I think Baylor is probably gonna win the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, or, definitely. Sorry. I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. anyone else has a chance. But Big Ten is still up. Like yeah, I know. Big Ten's are really yeah. You have like, Michigan, Illinois, you have Ohio Illinois, State. Ohio State, Iowa. They're all I mean, in, like, the top know, yeah. 15 or something like that. Now, I think at least three of them can make the 316, maybe even yeah. Elite Eight. Yeah. So I don't want to make a prediction now because Selection Sunday is um, in, in, like, a week, in a week and a half. So once we, like, find all the seedings in that, we can make a prediction. Hopefully whatever happens, happens. So um, I want to go back to Gonzaga. They, it's not like their conference, like you said earlier, the conference isn't the best, but they still, their team is proving that they're the best. Definitely, yeah. And there is a large amount of upsets. That's that's like the great thing about basketball. That's the thing that... Yeah. I'm, I'm just like... Every single day you see, like, a top-10 team get upset by an unranked team. Like, Michigan. That's like, the problem oh. with making brackets, because in your head, you're always going to choose, like, the one seed. All four one exactly. seeds are going to be in the four. 
then the best team in the end is going to win. But that doesn't happen because college basketball is all about upsets. There's always upsets here. Yeah, like the, the main you thought UMBC would beat, beat Virginia three years ago. Exactly. The main problem with Illinois, I think, is that Michigan State lost. I don't know. I mean, Michigan back State. to what Braden said earlier, if Michigan State can beat Michigan, they they should be like definitely in, or like at least a last four in. But what is Michigan's record or Michigan State's record? Sorry, they're like I, fourteen and ten. Okay, yeah, so they're, they're not so bad. But I feel like Illinois should have won that game. Like, that was a game that uh, I think Illinois Let's go look at the – let's look at the Illinois roster. They are so built. They have oh yeah they, tremendous talent. And without their best player, they score 76 and won by 23 against Michigan. That's it, that's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. It's incredible, but also yeah. Arkansas and Arkansas is kind of like uh, not Houston, uh, Oklahoma State, where they're kind of taking it by storm. I mean, they beat Alabama, and they're, they're slowly becoming a top ten team. Definitely, I think they're definitely gonna be like a three, three, four seed. Three, yeah. four seed. I think they'd be the same seed as Texas. Yeah. It's just for myself. I'm just hoping that we don't have to play like a decent team. I just hope we can at least make the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, I think. Because at one point this year we were ranked at number three, and um, after that win versus West Virginia, um, you know, as long as we can make the Sweet 16, I'll be happy. Because um, two years ago we went to NIT. We're having a really good season this year, and let's just hope the best for them. Yeah. But, I mean, Tuesday were some huge games. Yeah, Baylor, West Virginia, Illinois, Michigan. I think that kind of solidified the Big 12. Uh, SEC's locked with Alabama and ACC. I think ACC, I don't know, it's between like Florida State and North Carolina, but North Carolina beat Florida State. I'm going to lean towards North Carolina. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I, I just don't think they have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the ACC is going to go that far, but they definitely they'll, – they'll have a chance. I think it's just who's going to be that number four seed and are they going to be able to show up. Okay, yeah. I think that's going to wrap up our segment for this week. Um, thank you for listening in. And okay. next week we can give our bracket predictions. We can give everything else we need. Um, yeah. And without further ado, let's see you next week. My name is Caleb. My name is Ethan. And my name is Jace. And we are the lunch chairs. And today, we're just going to be talking about our usual, you know, Houston sports. And spring training for the Astros has actually just started, you know. So that's pretty cool. Opening day is in around a month. So, yeah, can't wait. Um, That's basically... Well, baseball news, you know, just just spring training, really.
So yeah, we'll see how you know how the Astros you know perform, I guess, and see what's coming up for the upcoming season. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess any thoughts on that? You know, like we don't have um Bird Springer anymore, but I think we've Correa, Altuve, um. And there's like the main people on the team, so I think we'll, I think we'll get better from last year. Season. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like how that you know the new players, you know, how they fit into the team. Yeah. Because I know we got new pitchers, so you know, see how they do. Mm -hmm. It'd be good, you know. Just see what happens. All right. Um. So. Talk about football, I guess. Um, JJ Watt just got traded. Yeah, he went to the Cardinals. Yeah, I think he got traded to uh, uh, Cardinals. Um, yeah. the Cardinals. With, um, yeah, the Cardinals. Pretty sure DeAndre. Yeah, and I think what's his name was there. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, you know, see if Deshaun Watson gets a trade too. If he goes to Cardinals, then I mean that team's gonna be pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, better than they were, I guess. So, you know, just because I, I don't, yeah, Deshaun Watson, he's gonna want to trade now, especially. Like he has like no one. It's just uh, yeah. So, you know, just see how, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, not like the Texans. They're going to be, like, horrible now unless they get, like, something good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they lost, they lost, they like, have to, like, get, uh, they lost their QB, and now they lost J.J. Watt, so. Yeah, Texans are going to have to get good, like, draft picks or just, like, get, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like good free agent players, and they're also yeah. like the better players they have now. Cause like, I mean, you know, you know, everyone just needs to work on stuff in the Texans. So, um, yeah. Any more thoughts about that? I mean, not really. No, I don't really have They're just, I don't think the Texans are going to ever do good anymore. I, ever, I mean, I think they might do, like, it might be, like, uh, decent in a few years. But, I mean, like, you know, it's going to take a while for them to get, like, good, especially with all the other teams yeah. and stuff. Like, um, they haven't really even, like, made it to, like, anywhere close to Super Bowl for a while. And, yeah, they're, like, one of the newest teams in the league. They joined in like two thousand something, so like they they're pretty new to like the league, but like yeah, they're new. Um, yeah, they haven't come anywhere close to a Super Bowl, and they had you know pretty good opportunities. They just haven't been able to you know, mm -hmm. like just you know just uh, perform. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see like. 
especially if we lose to Sean Watson, he's like one of the best QBs in the league. That won't be that good, you know, because we, we really, mm-hmm. especially now, like we we only lost JJ Watt, we lost to Sean, or we lost uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. If we just lose to Sean Watson, those were like our best players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hopefully, like Will Fuller, like you know, probably our best receiver right now. Hopefully, he doesn't go anywhere. Because if he does, then won't be good. So yeah, Texans, they're gonna be out about the playoffs for probably a few years. So. I think I think a lot of Texans fans are gonna be like Cardinals fans now. Something. So yeah. Um, you know, Houston Rockets and basketball. Haven't been anything much going on with that. Um, they've actually been doing a little better than I thought. You know, like with the players we have, they're doing, you know, not bad, but, you know, it's just not good. They're probably not going to make playoffs this year. And, you know, they're going to have to rebuild. So, yeah. It's yeah. What happens with the Texas teams that are like rebuilding because most people, yeah, yeah. like because you can't, players are getting traded, so yeah, yeah, you can only like have like a good team for like you know a few years at most. So, like, because eventually, like, yeah. the, you know, they get eventually want to change, they're gonna want to change, to yeah, yeah, a different environment, so it's most like, yeah, a different environment, and then they get like old and stuff, and it's just like they're they get like you know. Their skill keeps going down and down, and yeah, it's just uh, yeah, that's, you can't really only you can't have a super team for like uh, only have it for like a few years. That's what happened to the Patriots. I mean, Tom Brady, like he was there for a while, so that helped them. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like the 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 best like Patriots team is only around for like two, like three years, four years. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get back into, like, the playoffs with, you know, all of our sports pretty soon. Yeah, like, I mean, it just hasn't been looking good, you know, just for all the teams, especially mm-hmm. the Texans. And, you know, the Rockets, like, I feel like they just need, yeah. like, a, like, one or two just, like, star players. And they'll probably be, you know, they'll be, like, a good contender team, I guess, for like, you know, maybe not for the playoffs. They might make it like second round, maybe even third round playoffs, but, you know, see what happens. Does anyone have any more thoughts about that? Just, you know, Eastern sports. Houston teams are national. I mean, not really anymore, but, you know, I hope they, like, get, like, better players and they start doing good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think the, like, the uh, better players just comes with, you know, we're actually just getting a good draft pick, especially if we just like, mm-hmm. want to be, like, a good team, you know. We have to just have to get a good draft pick. It's hard. It's hard to get like a player for free agency, like a star player for free agency. 
So draft. Um yeah, so baseball opening day, twenty like nine days, thirty days, you know, a month. Um Texans, you know, not looking that good, you know, Rockets not looking that good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, our baseball keeps it together, you know. It's the only thing that Houston people can cheer for now. Yeah. Houston, like, you know, sports mm-hmm. fans, everyone's cheering for the uh, Astros. So, I mean, yeah, see what happens. Have Anyone have any other thoughts? No? All right. Like, wrap it up uh, there. No. No? Yeah, let's see what happens. See what happens. All right, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Thanks for listening. Listening for the lunch shows. Thanks for listening. Welcome to our NBA podcast. In this podcast, we'll talk about the Clippers and Bucks game. Kawhi Leonard had 25 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Paul George has 16 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. Serge Ibaka had 15 points and 11 rebounds. Lou Williams had 14 points, 2 rebounds, and 4 assists. Marcus Morris Sr. had 11 points and 5 rebounds. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 36 points, 14 rebounds, and 5 assists. Chris Middleton had 19 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. Dante DiVincenzo had, had 11 points and 7 rebounds. Brooke Lopez had 10 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 assist. The game was very competitive throughout, and it came down to the last minutes. The Bucks were able to make more shots down the stretch, and they got the win. The Bucks won 105 to 100. The Bucks are now 21 for, um, for 13 after this game. The Clippers are now 24 and 12 after this game. What do y'all think about um about the All Star game? I'm pretty mad about uh, Luke about Luca being placed over Damian Lillard because Damian has been working like really, really hard this season. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I mean, Luca's playing better, but Damian Lillard's still playing like way harder. I think because that. Uh, Damon yeah. Lillard's team has more injuries this year that they that he has to work harder. Yeah. But he's also trying to like, you know, I don't know. I think he's trying to get a ring, but it's gonna be hard with on the Blazers. And the uh, all-star 
draft is tonight. At like, and it's uh, Team LeBron and Team Durant. How many times has like LeBron like had his team in All Star? I think it's, I think he's done it his whole career. Uh, I don't know. His whole career? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably been a while, but because he's he's like one of the greatest players in basketball. So he kind of has to be one of the team captains. And then, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know that Durant would be the, another team captain. Even though he's really good, he's been injured for a little bit. He's just been out. I don't know who was picked this season, Durant or Giannis, but I guess Kevin deserves it. I mean, the Nets are going to be better than the Bucks, but I, I think Giannis is better than Kevin Durant right now. Well, yeah. Yeah, probably because Kevin Durant's like coming off. I, I don't know. And that's a way better because they've got the best, like, scoring team. Yeah. Yeah, the Nets have KD, James, Kyrie, and then then they have uh, a three-point contest winner. Joe Harris, so he pretty much can like score like all the time. I don't like the like, Rockets. Pretty much every play they have, they should be able to score. Hmm? Aren't the Rockets like retiring number thirteen for James Harden? Uh, I don't know about retire. Maybe I don't know. Have they, they haven't done it yet? I, I heard something about it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I think they may be a little bit, like, not yet because he's not retired. They uh, retired Hakeem Olajuwon's number. And then the Rockets, I don't know if they're making the playoffs. Because so many, like... I don't know. Like Houston sports teams have like this recent year have been like trash now with the, like trades. Yeah, I don't know. And Maybe. you know it's funny, I think Joel Embiid's gonna be the MVP this year. Yeah, he might be. And okay, so the starters for Western Conference that came from the Western Conference is LeBron, Steph Curry, Luka, Don, Duncan, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi, and Kawhi Leonard. And then for this team, and then for the Eastern Conference, it's Katie, Giannis, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kat and Kyrie Irving, and Jason Tatum. Oh, I think the West what I don't get is how James, 
James Harden's a reserve, and Bradley Beal is not. That should definitely be switched. Yeah. I don't know. But Sabonis so is having one of the best, like, the best like, games of his career right now. Yeah. Powerful. Pace. Okay, thank you for watching our Western NBA podcast. Hello and welcome to the Shot Clock, your NBA recap podcast segment. My name is Ryan and I'm here with Abdul, Ali, and Edward. And it's been a while since we've last recorded. Texas had kind of a big freeze. We haven't been able to record the past two weeks. So there's been a kind of a lot of change. Um, I think this week we're going to be going over kind of how, how, the, how the NBA standing shifted a little, what teams are kind of doing well, what teams haven't been doing as good. And then I think also we're going to be going over the All-Star game, the rosters, like our predictions, all of that. So, uh, Edward, you want to get started off, like, just with the going over standings, I guess? Yeah. So uh, there are a few things that, like, that were pretty interesting that happened last night. So basically, um, like, for the, like the first time, I think maybe like I think in a while, like TJ McConnell, like a bench player for the Pacers, got a triple. Bubble. Points. I think I think uh, what I kind of noticed is that the Rockets are kind of starting to tank, right? They've lost how many games in a row now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 13. nine, ten. Oh, geez, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, so the Rockets are really starting to tank. I mean, okay, here's a here's a question I have for y'all. Would you rather um, a team tank or be mediocre, right? Like missing out on the playoffs or tanking, right? Would you rather be the Rockets or would you rather be like – would you rather be the Rockets or would you rather be like the Warriors, right? Because the Warriors – or sorry, sorry, like the Pelicans, right? Because the Pelicans have a better record than the Rockets, right? They're higher in the, they're higher in the standings. But like they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So would you rather would you rather tank if you're not making the playoffs anyway? The thing about the Rockets is that like I feel like they're rebuilding. They don't care. They don't care that much about this season no more. They're ta- they're thinking about their roster. How do we make it better and how do we make it better for next season? I think that's why they're tanking that much. Yeah. I guess, but like, I, I'd still, I'd still rather them like play hard, you know, just like at least try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like they're trying, but they're not like trying, trying. They're not trying their hardest. Yeah, and that's like, and if it's a rebuilding year, well, then you got to get those new guys up. You got to let them work out the team dynamic and yeah. trying your best and seeing the limits of everybody's performance is kind of part of that. Yeah, look at those like that the young players that we signed in off season. We gave them time and look how they developed. They don't grade for like even though their team is not doing great, but for themselves they should be happy for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just got. I think the Rockets. We just got to see how Christian for the Rockets. We just got to see how Christian would develop. Yeah, the, uh, the next ex, uh, uh, and I just looked at the standing and the next thing I got surprised was that the Jazz and the Suns are in first and second place in the Western Conference in front of the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh huh. Wow, I know that's kind of crazy, right? The Suns kind of snuck up. Snuck, uh, the Suns. It's not that surprising because we knew they're gonna be better, but we didn't know they're gonna be at the yeah. top top standing. And the Jazz, they just came out of nowhere. Yeah, Jokic is just kind of tearing everybody up. <laughs> the other thing is that Mav and the uh, Nuggets are not doing that great. The Nug- even though the Mav, the Mav and the Nuggets, they're in seventh and eighth place. Well, I thought that Mav- would be. Well, the maps are improving. Remember, like earlier this year, they were like 13th in the West, right? And they're now they're oh, eight. Yeah. Like they're they're definitely doing better. Yeah. They, and I, I, and I feel like I feel like that also kind of helps uh, Luca's case for starting in the All Star in the All Star game, right? Because I feel like when when they released the roster, there's a bit of controversy over um over uh, Luca starting over Dame, and a big part of that was the record, uh, like. Because that, that is kind of a judge of performance, right? If you can lead your team to victory, that, that's part of being an, all, an all-star. I, now, yeah, I feel like Damien uh, should start over Luca. Even Luca said himself, but I feel like he, because he's been in the league more longer, like he's been like clutch for his team. Like this year, like I have multiple uh, games I've seen him hitting like long-range three-pointer game winners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were also like a lot, a bunch of other snubs on the All Star team. Like it was crazy. So like 
Devin Booker at first didn't make it, like, because, like, other people like Chris Paul and other reserves made it over him. But with Anthony Davis being injured, he's the injury replacement. And, yeah. Yeah, Devin Booker need more respect, actually, in the league. He's not been in the league for that long, but he's been in the league for enough for, like, to have respect for making the playoff. He he even had a 70-point game in, in his, like, second or third year. Yeah, Devin Booker's averaging 25 points per game, right? That's, like, that's the same as LeBron. Yeah, like, and he's... he's- and he's not getting that respect. Just because he's on a bad team doesn't mean he's not supposed to get respect. Wait, is he on the Suns? Yeah, he's yeah, on Devin the Suns. The, Devin Booker's on the Suns. They're second in the, second no, in the West. No, no, no uh, not this year. Um, he made it uh, to the offset this year. But, like, last year's before last year, those years, they were, like, bad. Like, the Suns were bad before this year, right? And he was still averaging like twenty five something points, and he didn't make the All Stars. Yeah, yeah, but kind of looking at the kind of looking at the lineups for the All Star games, right? Like KD is out right now; he's not gonna play. And then, and then AD is also out; he's not gonna play. And then, so it's kind of so the matchups right now are Giannis, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kyrie, and Jason Tatum, versus LeBron, Steph, Luca. Uh, Jokic and Kawhi. I think, I think that the West is gonna win. I think the, yeah, West, the West. Yeah, the West looks like they have their whole lineup like healthy. One, but the, they do the thing like with the captains and the draft thing. So it's not really East versus West. It's like Team Kevin. Well, uh, not Team Kevin anymore because he's not the um like he's not the captain. Oh, I don't know. Well, it's probably gonna be like Team um, Joel Embiid versus Team LeBron, and they they draft like from like the pool of their reserves and other starters. So it'll be like that's how it was so competitive last year because like like yeah. the teams and and the teams were like more even, like and not based on conference. And they also like are playing for like don't like money to donate to a charity. That's why like the um it was so competitive in the fourth quarter last year. And another thing that's interesting is that they're gonna jam all of like the All Star activities into one Sunday night. Like yeah. the All Star game is gonna be on like so it's gonna be like around like eight o'clock on Sunday, and the halftime shows will be all the activities like three point contest, skills challenge, dunk contest, which is also another thing. The dunk contest like there's only like three players this year, and a lot of them yeah. aren't like that like really known well to be dunking. Yeah, I heard some people talking about that here. I'm just, I forgot who the players' names were. Uh, um, Anthony Simons. He's like, I don't know, I've never seen him dunk a basketball before. But the mm-hmm. other two guys are pretty good, like Obi Toppin. He's pretty known for dunking. And same with Cash Stanley. Like, he hasn't dunked once in his NBA career because he's yeah, a rookie. I, but, like, like he uh, doesn't uh, get minutes. But, like, in, in high school, he was, like, he was, like, it was, like, on highlight pages on Instagram and stuff uh, because he's, like, I'm gonna be totally honest. I have no idea who Cassius Stanley is, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like really good at dunking too. So I mean, I think it's gonna be between Toppin and Stanley. But yeah, it's gonna be kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, I know. I think we need to see more players, right? Because when you think of like electric, like super hype players, right? Like yeah, like Zion, John Morant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. None, none of those three really, really come up, you know. So. Dunk contest could be better. 
but the good thing yeah. is we have like entertainment at least they're making it work that's the good thing yeah and then another thing and then like that's been kind of controversial in the NBA is how like the referees have been like refing the games like they've been calling a lot of fouls when like the player like so let's say like somebody's like he jumps like so they're shooting a three the guy jumps but he's trying to move out of the way of the player so that he doesn't commit a foul but then the player follows him and tries to like bump him in the air and then it's like a foul on the defense and then that's how they get like three like three free throws if they're shooting some three so i think like like that's what trey young and Doncic and harden have been doing a lot recently and then it's kind of controversial and then also like the refs have been ejecting players from games for like the dumbest reasons yeah, like sometimes yeah. like they have one technical foul and then like let's say they slam the ball once they get thrown out or like they like they complain on a call they get thrown out so that's like like that's why the like donovan mitchell yesterday in an interview he got so mad because like like he got thrown out of the game in overtime that was really close and yeah so that's that's what i think about that yeah and i think we're kind of running out of time here so uh thank you all for listening uh see you next week bye Hey guys, welcome back to the Google Homo Soccer. And today I'm going to be talking about um, America versus Toluca. I mean, America versus Tijuana. This is the Liga MX. Um, the, the score was 2 0, leaving America with a, a win. Um, everything started off smooth in the first half. I definitely think that both teams played very good. And uh, until the in second half, in the 65th minute, Pedro Aquino scored 65, and Henry Martin Max scored 83. And America played very good. America played very good, and Tijuana played good as well, but not as good as America. And definitely, uh, America had a lot more more shots on target than Tijuana. And um, right now, America is in second place, even with that win, which leaves them um, below Costa And right now, Tijuana is in seventh place. Um, it's easy to get on top of um, all the way to, I'll say, fourth place, because the one has. Monterrey right now has 15, so if they win the next game, they'll be about 16, which will leave them uh, Monterrey, higher Monterrey, Puebla, and Santos. So I'll put them in fourth place, being top four. And right now, America, in, the, in their last five games, or last two, the, counting this one, and the one before, those, those are two wins, and then they got a loss and two wins before that. On the other hand, Tijuana has had a tie, a loss with America, another loss, a tie, and a loss. So they have a bad, they have a bad reputation right now. But I'm pretty sure they could bring that up if they play good in the in their next game. And that's it for me. And I'll uh, pass it down to. Hello. Today I'm gonna be talking about the Barcelona against Sevilla game. So first we're gonna start off with my opinion. My opinion of the game was a pretty decent effort of Sevilla 
but Barcelona is the best, one of the best teams of the world. So it was the semifinal of the Copa del Rey, and the final score was 3-0, to Barcelona and now for Sevilla. The three goals were scored by Ousmane Dembélé at the 12th minute top bench banger from outside the box, Gerard Piquet on the 94 minutes, and Martin Bryce. Sorry. Um, and the final final score was 3-2. And 22 shots for Sevilla and 6 for Barcelona. No, 22 shots for Barcelona and 6 for Sevilla, sorry. And possession of the ball was 68% for Barcelona and 32% for Sevilla. Pass accuracy, 89% for Barcelona and 76-76 um, for, for Sevilla. And um, fouls, 14 for Barcelona and 22 for Sevilla. Yellow cards, 3 for Barcelona and 5 for Sevilla. Red cards, 2 for Sevilla and, and 0 for Barcelona. Offsides, 4 for Barcelona and 0 for Sevilla. Corners, 9 for Barcelona and 1 for Sevilla. And the lineups were Ter Stegen, Manchuka, Piqué, Lenglet, Busquets, Jordi Alba, De Jong, Pedri, Dest, Lionel Messi, Dembélé. And then Dembélé got switched to Dembélé. And then the the changes were Antoine Griezmann for um, number seven. Okay, Antoine Griezmann for Dembélé. Martin Bright for Pedri. And, and yep, that's it for me. I'm going to pass it down to Gerardo. Hello, everyone. I'm talking about PSG versus Borgiax. That's how you say the team's name. Okay. So, PSG's regular lineup because I saw that Neymar got injured for about, about almost a month ago. He hasn't uh, been healed fully, so he isn't here in this game. Also, Ember Play was suspended, uh, was a yellow card a uh, couple last game before they played. So he wasn't here anything. So I think this was a uh, um Birdux could have had a chance here. So we saw that uh they both had like a 50 50 position the ball, but I think uh PSG had a shot on opportunities to score. We saw um we saw number nineteen uh it was in really good call. He had this lightest amount of space to shoot it, and then he shot it right through there. The late, which was a valuable. Uh, he made a, a crucial win there with that score, with that goal. But we still haven't, uh, with this 
so now they're almost there uh, to the top with on the French League. Because we have a, a PSG in second place right now. So I think they're just behind by two points. They're trying to keep up with first place right now. So I think if they uh, could win their next game and the uh, first place loses, they're probably going to go to first place. Which, uh, really good if they don't, if they win it. All right. Because they need two points, but their number of first place still has to lose. Or, yeah, lose because if they draw, they still get a point, which would be 63. And then PSG will get 63 also if they win. So I think um, they could win their next game. I think this is really good. We saw a couple of yellow cards. We saw five in total. Uh, I think PSG, if they had uh, maybe like Neymar or Mbappé, two really great players, well, we could have seen uh, maybe Maybe like a 3 0, I think they did great either way. They earned their three points. It was a really good game. I think uh, they earned a win. Also, we haven't seen uh, Burdicks win many games before. They have lost uh, four games in a row and haven't convicted. And on the hand, she's won. Four against nothing. They won four games, which but however they lost to this Monaco. So I think at least it did do even uh, even closer to first one. Uh, but I think they both teams did great. Uh, I think PSG could maybe end up in first next game. We see them; they could end up uh, being the uh, first place in the league. So I mean. Hopefully Neymar is uh, healed up and about picking go back and play. And that was it for me. I'm gonna pass it on to Brandon. I'm doing Man United versus Newcastle. This game was pretty straightforward for the first thirty minutes. Nothing was mainly happening. Honestly, I was quite surprised. Everyone was stuck by the middle. Going left to left side and going to the right side. But then Marcus for the rush forward rushed solo and went forwards and scored. But then in Newcastle, nobody needed to catch up. So then they scored another goal. Ali Saint scored another goal from a corner shot. It was actually pretty good. Sadly, it wasn't a but it was pretty interesting. And then, like, three people got red, yellow cards in a row. Something really happening. People were switching, like, Newcastle switched Jolinton with Ray Fraser. And then, at the 57 mark, Daniel James scored a goal from the square pass in the penalty area. Everything was pretty good. Another substitution from Van Green. And the final goal was 75, which Bruno Fernandez made. 
which was um, honestly a pretty good show. And that's because I coming from that area. And then we, on the stats on, yeah, fun fact, these people actually battled once on October the 20th. And Manchester, Man United won, so it was kind of like a rematch, you could say. Man United had 15 shots, Newcastle had 10, Man United had 71%, Newcastle had 28 Manchester really had good teamwork. 692 passes, and Newcastle had 270 pass accuracy. 86% for Man United, and Newcastle had 68. Nine fouls by Maid were from New United, and Six corners were New United made, which one of them they scored a goal, and one of them, was, I think, yeah. And then Newcastle they scored four corners, which one of them was a goal, and that's it for me. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back next week for another episode of One Hour School Wide.